on it. Yo, Cher. Yo, Rob. Hit this beat. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sheridan from Balance and Moderation, the show dedicated to helping health-conscious individuals elevate their mind, body, and spirit through a compassionate and realistic approach. Hell yeah. In this episode, Rob and I are affectionately calling it Layers of Change. And throughout this podcast, we're really just having a conversation about where we've been, where we're at right now, and where we're going. We emphasize the importance of recognition and of balancing organization and intuition throughout your personal development, your spiritual development, your physical, mental, and emotional health journey. And I think a lot of people are really going to relate to a lot of this content. So don't forget to like, subscribe, review, share this with the people in your life. Big love is our motto and our message is for everybody over the age of 18 because some of this content is inappropriate for minors. But with that being said, thanks for tuning in and enjoy Layers of Change. Yeah. I was in my kitchen the other day. I was making a protein shake after I worked out in the morning. And I kind of realized how much more in tune I am with the type of ingredients that I'm putting into my protein shakes. And I try to think of back when I was just implementing protein shakes and I used to make these high calorie, very satiating, just milkshakes basically. And I think at the time though, that was still the healthier choice for me. It was better than eating ice cream. It was better than, than doing that. But compared to where I am now, that milkshake would throw my system out of whack. It doesn't really serve where I'm at in my fitness journey, but it was a necessary level to get to where I am today. And so that's what this episode, I just kind of want to talk about maybe times that we've realized that we've really made a lot of progress. I think fitness and health and wellness is a very best fit line. If you're looking at a, a line graph or a, a plot and or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not always a constant up. It's very kind of squiggly line that's slowly going on an upward trend, an upward slope. And I think something I really struggle with is realizing that and being kind to myself and understanding that if I'm starting something brand new, if I'm going to a completely new endeavor, whether it's a certain aspect of fitness, if I'm changing like a martial art or I'm going into a new way of lifting, like Olympic lifting or something like that, I have to have a little bit more of a beginner mentality and understand why I'm doing it and then realize as I'm going about it to stop and kind of smell the roses once in a while. Because I guess for me, I get kind of frustrated if I'm not like the health gurus that I follow on Instagram and we live in that very compare culture. And I need to stop and realize like, hey, I've made a lot of progress, not just one or two levels up. I'm on level like nine or 10 on the way to 20. But I'm making my climb. And I think for me, it's hard to really stop and see that. And I think people, it's good for listeners, especially beginners, to understand that you're not going to go from eating a standard American Western diet to all of a sudden 
eating organic kale and grass-fed beef every meal. Yeah. And uh, something that you touched on that uh, is something that I've struggled with my whole life, but I've also noticed uh, a level of growth or development in this area is my willingness to learn and to change. Um, ever since I was really young, I, I grew up as a, you know, quote unquote, gifted student. So academics came really easily to me. There was a lot of things that I could just conceptually grasp really well at a young age and, you know, put me into a higher academic bracket when I was growing up and whatever. But in a way that kind of screwed up my mentality about learning because I did pick up things so fast that if I didn't learn something within five milliseconds of the information being given to me, I would want to give up and I would want to throw a temper tantrum and throw in the towel and be like, you know what, fuck this. Like, uh, if I don't understand it now, I'm never going to get it. And that mentality is still something that I can see myself when I'm in a disempowered state still struggling with, but I have so much more of a willingness to learn and to challenge myself and try new things where when I was younger, I, I almost avoided challenges because I liked this idea, almost this self-concept of I am smart, things come naturally to me and anything that went against that went against my, you know, my ego almost. Yeah. And I think you, you make a good point about the ego because I think that's our biggest roadblock sometimes. And we don't want to change because it changes our ego and our identification of ourselves. And I know that's something I struggle with. And it's, it's like every time I try to make a right decision, I try to view it almost as like shedding a skin and like getting rid of, you know, my ego's idea of what, need, what it needs and trying to merge the ego and the self into one, which I think is everybody's goal. Yeah, but. kind of that, that integrated self, the kind of in our, the spiritual community, we call it kind of like the higher self or the, um, you know, kind of like your idealized version of yourself. And then the ego, which is kind of like the personality, the persona you portray in this three-dimensional reality. And it's a lot more caught up in the density, the materialism, the obligations, the responsibility, the very, you know, physical, real, dense reality that we live in. So integrating both this ideal form of yourself, the more spiritual, connected, divine energy with this more grounded, physical, materialistic being, that really is the integrated self, which is where, you know, you can live your your best physical human life essentially definitely and just wondering what your take is on this i feel like you have to have almost an ego and kind of a strong ego to go on the path that maybe even we're on like you want to you know we have this idea of being a healthy complete human being and we're almost like striving for that and in a way it becomes is egoic a word yeah, egoic is a word, and I would say that I agree with that statement. I think you absolutely have to have some sort of physical concept of reality in order to want to strive and pursue and develop and become better. 
Um, because, you know, if we're just going to break it down into chakras, um, just really briefly. So I kind of like to think of the spirit or the higher self as residing in the, the higher three chakras. So that would be the throat, the third eye, the crown chakra. That's really connecting you to, you know, the universe, divinity, every single being, person, place, thing on this planet and beyond. And then our lower three chakras are more of our ego. So that's more safety, security, family, self-confidence, creativity, sensuality, the way that we really root into this, uh, like, planetary space. And so I forgot exactly what the question was, um, just kind of your ego's role in trying to be a better human. You yeah. Know, so I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, some people reside really strongly in the lower chakras. They're really, really dense people. They don't, they can't really get their head out of their ass um, and can't see anything beyond what is right in front of them. And then there's some people who are so enveloped in the world of spirit and divinity and, you know, magic and mysticism that they kind of lose the whole point of being a human. And so I think when you're when we're focusing on balancing the chakra system, it is not to be the most, uh, you know, eloquent, guru, divine being that has supersended, you know, all of reality. It's really to embrace the human experience. That, I like the way you put that. And that's how I kind of view. I mean, I feel like when you go into the spiritual community, a lot of it is very negative on the ego. And I mean, the ego causes exactly what I kind of started the episode with is I have this ego and I want to be the best and whatever field or whatever it is I'm doing, that's a very ego driven part of me. And it makes me forget how far I've come. So I think it just kind of ties back into where you really have to have that balance. Mm -hmm. And I know for me personally, trying to have more of a spiritual approach to life whether that is really just turning off and doing chores without music or without a podcast playing and just being in the moment and really trying to focus on that, it allows me, it allows my ego to slow down and I can stop and I guess the, the higher part of myself, the higher chakras can kind of take a step back, breathe, open my heart up a little bit and understand like, hey, you know, you've been doing a, doing a good job little pat on the back and then eventually I'll snap out of it and I start stressing out again <laughs> pounding coffee and going yeah, crazy. Yeah as we always do as we always do so but that's but that's life and you know kind of like you were even using with like almost the stock market uh analogy and I'm talking out of my ass because I don't know anything yeah, about the like stock market graph. but just kind of the line graph going up and down up and down you know there's going to be times where you're either really on top of your your game. I mean, just kind of retrospectively, I think there's been times in college where I was probably more on my shit with my health than even I am today. But where I'm at today is significantly better than where I was when I was like a freshman in college or I was a junior in high school or even younger than that. And so just like you were saying, you really do have to give yourself credit where credit is due. And I think a lot of times when you're on this health journey, and I know we've both experienced this ourselves, you get so caught up in, you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And I was even kind of going through this with my journey with medical school and kind of a weird way where 
I got to the next point in my journey and I was like, okay, what's next? Okay, I graduated. What's next? Okay, I aced the MCAT. What's next? Okay, I got the job in the medical field. What's next? Okay, I got into medical school and that's it. And I didn't feel that satisfaction or that really deep knowing that I was like, oh, wow, like I really accomplished something here. And while I was you know, in theory, proud of myself, and I knew I had accomplished a lot. I didn't feel it within my body, like in my heart space. And ultimately, that's when I knew that I was on the wrong path because I wasn't feeling it with my heart. I was only experiencing it as a as a mental state, as, you know, going into medicine, becoming a doctor. It was a, was a mental state for me. It wasn't an emotional state. And I, I'm just the way that I operate, I realized that it wasn't an aligned path for me for that reason. So I know I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but. Yeah. And I think, I guess just trying to be aware of ego. And sometimes in your case, it's a very big kind of like eye-opening experience. Like, oh my gosh, I've kind of been, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've kind of been on this train that's on the loose and just kind of going down this track that I maybe didn't set myself on, but I've been so focused on it. And I mean, I've done that. I mean, I'm going through similar things in my life. Do I think I'm going to be in sales forever? Probably not. I have realized certain things that I want in my health and my future and what I want with family, and sales doesn't really fit that. But I kind of was raised and conditioned unintentionally to be a salesperson. You just naturally, your parents, you kind of cling on to them. My father was a salesman. I have a very salesy personality, and I just kind of gravitated towards that, and it's a good line of work. But it maybe isn't really fitting with my higher self and kind of realizing that and changing those directions. Yeah. I mean, it might be a position where it's really nurturing your lower chakras of like security, financial security, familial security, you know, self-concept and, you know, ability to express and create in the world, but it's not, you know, fueling you necessarily as far as your, you know, more spiritual endeavors, or at least just kind of your higher self and things like that, your ability to really express yourself authentically or connect with different kinds of people or things like that, which it's not to say that you have to have, you know, every single area of your life, you know, turn on every single, you know, chakra in your body if we want to continue going with that analogy. But you do have to have different facets of your life that are nurturing both those higher areas of, you know, the self and the lower areas of the self so that you continue to stay balanced and progressing forward. I think you definitely hit it on the the head for my situation. And I think we can I w- always kind of go back to that and understanding that growth in a health space a lot of times is driven by a spiritual knowing and or elevating yourself spiritually. Like, do you think that because of your work you've done, to elevate yourself spiritually, do you think if you didn't do that stuff, do you think you would still be on that path to med school and going down a road that maybe wasn't the best fit for you? Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I think if I didn't go on, well, for one thing, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, if I never started my own health journey, I probably never would have gone into medicine in the first place because that was really the impetus, the drive for me to change, to evolve. And once I got my physical health under 
you know, a semblance of control, I was really able to embrace my spirituality. And I never, up until like high school, I really wasn't ever a spiritual person. I would have considered myself an atheist or an agnostic or something like that. And, um, I think, you know, and it's, and it's hard to say this because I don't think this is true for everybody, but in, in my experience, in my truth, I needed to have spirituality in order to be the healthiest person I could be. When I didn't have any connection to something higher than myself, something outside of myself, something that connects me to every single being, person, thing on this planet, I was not only physically ill, but I was mentally and emotionally ill. And that showed up all throughout my high school experience. And it wasn't until like I put my foot down and well, actually, no, it wasn't until I surrendered and just was like, I need help and I need something to help me get out of this space because I don't want to live my life like this anymore that, you know, both divine and physical interventions came into play almost simultaneously, you know, so I don't think it's an either or, but an and. Okay. Yeah. I I love that. And I, I really feel like I've followed a similar progression. I think it's a very, I think you can go different routes. I think you can start in more of a spiritual sense and then become more of a physically focused. And I think it maybe is a little bit slower of a progression, but I think towards the end, it kind of speeds up because you lay a foundation that's really good for health and wellness and loving yourself and understanding the ego and what is driving you. That can really set into place some great fitness goals or or fitness habits and really kind of set your physical health on the next level. I know for me, it was kind of a progression where I kind of got to a point physically, and then I started integrating a little bit more spiritual and understanding the mind and working out more for a long-term, um, continually serving, you know, long, I guess long-lasting, continually serving goals for me, not just kind of very short-sighted, but really long-term thinking. In a way, for me, that long-term thinking is almost a spiritual aspect of health and really getting to those deep goals. Sure, you can make the goal of, I want to lose 20 pounds in three or four months, which is probably too much, but you can make those goals. Those goals aren't going to last. They're not going to keep you in a place that it's going to make it sustainable because you kind of get down that path of what's next. Okay, so for me, it's like, okay, I got shredded. I got the six-pack. Now it's like, oh, well, now I need to bulk again because I got to get my shoulders bigger. I got to get my chest bigger. Oh, but then I'm kind of getting chubby again. I got my little shoulders a little bigger now. I got to cut back down. And it kind of creates this, what's the next thing? It's never of, enough. Instead of working out to really nourish and feel your body. And for me, sometimes I feel like I get the best workouts when I don't have anything planned. And I can kind of get into a flow mm-hmm. and really listen to what my body wants deep down. And it's almost more of a spiritual practice. And I think in turn... I get a bunch better workout and I physically feel healthier. Yeah. And uh, there's just kind of something that you were last touching on that I think is really important is balancing your intuition with organization uh, is really the best way that I can put it. Because like you were saying, there, there are some times where I will just go into an experience with no real agenda and just flow with it. And it's really powerful. It's impactful. It's productive. But then there's other times where I'll go into something with no agenda and nothing gets done. 
And so I think it is important just kind of like when we're balancing these two aspects of ourselves, this organizational, this logic, this linearity, having you know, something physical, tangible, that is the goal, that is, you know, something that is, you know, out in the horizon, but something that you can see, and with enough effort, you can touch it, you can taste it, you can really grasp it, but then not getting so caught up in the horizon that you, um, that you don't get into that flow state, because when you enter that flow, that's really when the magic happens, but I think there is, a balance of, you know, having some real physical, tangible goal and then also just letting go and letting the process unfold and being being present for that unfolding. Yeah, definitely. And I think people with kind of what you're putting down is the level of organ organization and intuition is going to be a balancing act is going to be different for everybody. For me, I kind of almost have to have bumpers that force me like, hey, you need to work towards this goal right now. I don't maybe need that all scripted out on specifically which chapters I need to do or what, you know, what specific workout I need to do, but I need to kind of set the framework for myself. And I'm kind of learning that balancing act right now. How much do I have to write down? How much of a checklist? How detailed do I have to do it? you know, what is going to make me most productive to get to that higher self, not only from a spiritual standpoint, but from, you know, a financial standpoint or a, you know, physical standpoint, there's all the different aspects of life. And I know for me, that's been the hardest part is trying to find a way to balance a super rigid line by line schedule to, oh, I'm just going to let it flow. And then I forget 20 things. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also just the way that our brains work. Like if I don't write something down, it's really not getting done. Yeah, you can see like the sticky notes all yeah, over my desk over exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. Like I need to be reminded like, oh, okay, you got to do this today. You got to do that today. Don't forget you have to call this person or do this thing because otherwise, you know, I, I am a very kind of free flowing intuitive person but sometimes you know in the world that we live in that doesn't always work especially when you do have relationships that you care about or a job that you have to attend to or you know obligations that you have to fulfill and it's not you know I'm saying all these things as not you know a downer but it's again those are all things part of the human experience those connections those relationships these chores are human and it's you can you can make them fun and you can make them not suck as hard if you've got the right mentality around it but um anyways I'll I'll get off of that tangent but No, I like it. I mean I think it kind of actually comes full circle because you know I kind of started talking about how I needed to learn how to stop and smell the roses but I think having a more organized approach to things helps with that having goal setting understanding, like having a checklist, feeling that completing tasks, there's something natural in our human psyche that completing tasks kind of gives us a little dopamine hit. We enjoy that. It's a little bit of a drive. It's almost easier to do the next task. And also as you journal, if you make time to maybe go back and look at what you've done and check back in, it's, it's good to see where you've come. And I think if we get too, you know, the flow state, once you get flown, you kind of forget where you were and where you've come from. Absolutely. Part of the flow. But. No, exactly. No, but that's that's a great point. And that was even something that I definitely wanted to touch on was, you know, actually almost 
writing physical record of your own life, whether that's show up as sticky notes or as an agenda book or as a journal. And, you know, I've talked about journaling. We both have. And I just think that's one of the most impactful things for me, because just like you were saying, you can really go back and see, you know, yes, you can see what you've done in during those times. But when I'm journaling, I'm journaling a lot more about my feeling state, my mental state. And it's really cool to see how my mentality has grown and shifted and changed over the years because I have been journaling since I was, I don't know, in eighth or ninth grade. So that's probably about 10 years of work right there. And I'll go back every once in a while when I visit my childhood home, I'll like pick up a journal and just kind of read through it. And then there's some times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like, you know, this thing happened or I felt this way or I thought this way about this thing. I never thought I was going to get out of this place and look at where I am now. So even that shifts your mentality towards your future self, your higher self realizing, oh, okay, where I'm at in space right now is not where I'm going to be forever. And that's a beautiful thing. There's so many things that I can enjoy about where I'm at right now, but the things that are bothering me are not going to be here five years from now. And the things that I love that I'm really enjoying also might not be here five years from now. So kind of resting with that, you know, temporariness of life, I think really allows you to be more present and more heart centered in your, in your day to day life. Yeah. And I got to stop saying yeah. After every time you talk, cause I <laughs> edit it and I listen to it and everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh for yeah. Sure. For sure. <laughs> no, I think you make a great point and that's something that journaling has helped me. And I'm kind of on my path to figuring out how journaling works for me. And I've been on that path for a few years now, and it always kind of ebbs and flows. And if I could, you know, just relate with anybody, if anybody's tried journaling and got frustrated or felt like it didn't work for them, you're not alone. I kind of am going through a thing, and we've talked about it a little bit off air. I'm trying to figure out a way that I can honestly make my own personal planner and take pieces of, like, I have a passion planner. I have one that was called, like, the Fox Planner or something like that. And I've tried these different ones. And I think the one thing I do like about the passion planner, though, is there's a place for self-maintenance and there's a place for self-reflection. And I think that's, like, an important thing to incorporate. No matter how you're journaling, you got to find that area in it for gratitude, reflection, and kind of, like you were talking about, stopping and smelling the roses and being present. Yeah. And actually I'm using a planner right now that I'm really enjoying. It's the high performance planner. I think it's HPX wellness. Uh, We'll put the links for passion planner and HPX in here so that you guys can check it out if there's something you're interested in. But, um, HPX, basically, it's a daily journal. They do have weekly sections and monthly sections, but those are honestly more for check-ins and re-evaluations, which is also a really cool component. But the daily journal is, you know, your goals for the day, your mantra for the day. It has a morning journal routine and an evening journal routine our broken down our sections of what you're doing during the day, but it's not so regimented where it's in 30 minute bubbles like the passion planner is, which for me, I loved the passion planner when I was in school. But once I graduated, I was like having my time divided this much. It was a little overwhelming to me, but 
uh, it was really cool way to, you know, really see how my day was going to unfold, see what time I had in my day, either to work on one of my side projects, my side hustles, or, you know, connect with a friend or a family member, things like that. And I liked too, that this one is not only focused on your professional goals and your personal development, but also your relationships and your health. And it's really emphasized all throughout, not only the daily practice, but also the monthly check-ins and things like that. So I think any way that you are almost kind of evaluating yourself in a way, but compassionately, not, it's not like you're the worst teacher you've ever met in your life and you're grading yourself and you're like, F, F, you fucking suck. (laughs) But, you know, just recognize, okay, what did I do well this week? What can I improve on? If I can, you know, rate this area of my life on a scale from one to 10, where do I fall? Where did it fall last week? And how can I move forward from this point? However you create that system, whether you Uh, you know, buy into a program, a planner thing, whatever it may be, or create your own system, you know, any way that you're keeping track and having that organization while you're flowing and experiencing and moving forward into your life, you'll be able to go back and see, oh, I really actually did get some stuff done here. Definitely. I mean, I can't say enough good things about journaling as far as the different aspects. I know it's always helped me in the gym and anytime I've really hit a nice stride and really made a lot of gains is when I sit there and I'm tracking every workout and I'm flipping back pages. I'm like, okay, I did this way two weeks ago. I need to add five pounds. And it helps you kind of understand where you need to grow. And, you know, you have to keep things positive and you never want it to become a thing where you're being hypercritical of yourself. And I think honestly, it lends to you not doing that naturally because I think writing things down, you naturally see progression and it's just exciting to see that whether you're starting from one going to three, you're starting from 10 going to 12, it doesn't matter where you're at in the process. The progression is really what we need to kind of fall in love with. And you really see that as you're journaling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even just thinking about uh, some of the journal entries I, I'd read on, you know, in the past, it would oftentimes start really, you know, depressed or angsty or angry or just sad or whatever it was. And I would just get all of these feelings out. And then towards the end of the entry, I'd be like, well, actually, everything's not so bad. These are some really good things that are happening in my life. And uh, I'm really proud of myself for getting to this point and things like that. So even in the process of journaling, I'll go through like 10 minutes of just fuck this <laughs> and then another, another 10 minutes of gratitude. So maybe that's a practice that you guys can implement. Just put on some binaural beats. You know, that's our favorite thing oh, in the show. Oh, gosh, I love it. I've been listening to them while I meditate lately. Yeah, exactly. But then just, you know, uh, as this is actually a Gabby Bernstein practice, but it's called Rage on the Page. And basically you set a timer for 15 minutes and just get everything down on paper of everything that's been bothering you, everything that's frustrating you, you know, things that you don't want to talk to other people about, things that are making you sad or anything. And then as, as soon as the timer stops, you put down the pen and then you meditate for 10 minutes. So that's a really great practice. Um, and you feel really like a weight has been lifted off of your shoulders. So either try that or do the 10 minutes angry, 10 minutes of gratitude, journaling, whatever shows up for you. But I think ending whatever it is on a positive note is a really powerful part of progression, but also recognizing that, you know, 
this shit sucks sometimes. And if you don't address that and you don't get it off of your chest or work it out or, you know, actually address, you know, the thing that is bothering you in your life and put some action towards it, then you're going to feel like you're stuck in that point that you were at five years ago. You're not going to feel like you've progressed because you're still holding on to this thing that is holding you back. Yeah, I I think you I think you're completely right. I really need to start implementing maybe some rage pages. Yeah, I think you would I think you would really enjoy it. It's yeah. a it's a good one. Yeah. I try to, you know, and I, I guess we'll just touch on this real quick. I think this is a good spot to kind of start winding down. But as far as journaling goes, it doesn't have to be some big long diary style format where you're taking up multiple pages and writing paragraphs, which I think is great. I almost envy the people that can kind of sit down and put their their thoughts down like that. And I also have horrible handwriting, so I hate <laughs> writing a lot. But I do a lot of bullet points. I just do, you know, a quick like three things I'm grateful for, a couple things I learned, one thing, one thing I or one thing I learned, a couple things I did right. You know, I try to just keep it very almost try to go smaller with it, at least for me in this process. And it's not as much of a habit. There's some days where I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't journaled in three days or I haven't been following, you know, my my plan. And I've noticed for me, it's just trying to get it a little bit more sit down and can be done in like five, 10 minutes has really worked for me in making it last. But I do aspire to eventually be able to write for like 20, 30 minutes and have a little bit more deeper relationship with my thoughts like that. Yeah. And uh, I think I fall definitely more into the novella type uh, journaling. But dearest self. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I used to do that too because I was like, I don't know how the fuck to start this. So, dear diary, I guess. <laughs> uh, especially when I was like super angsty, I was like, dear journal question mark. Like, this is stupid, but here we go. <laughs> but, uh, I forget where, where my thoughts were going with this, but I, I guess what, Yes, I remember now. So I'm I'm definitely prone to the novel type journaling, but I actually like the idea of just doing the five, 10 minutes because I don't journal every day. I journal maybe once or twice a week. So it's not something that I do all of the time, but that's why I like the HPX planner because it allows me to have those five, 10 minutes of journal space without getting so overly invested because once I start writing, I don't want to stop. And it's kind of nice having prompts of, okay, I'm going to answer this question and then I'm going to answer this question and then I feel satisfied and I feel completed. So I know that we wanted to kind of, you know, wrap this up a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you, you know, what really in your experience when you started your health journey, um, what was really like the first key for you to, um, really move forward with, with the rest of your journey, if you can pinpoint it to a physical experience or a mentality shift or things like that. And then where are you at right now? And if there's anything that you want to talk about that's currently shifting for you or that you see is developing, um, if you want to share that. That's, you know, a huge question. It is. It it, is a loaded question. And those are my uh, specialty. Let's throw another 45 minutes on the clock. Here we go. Uh, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible, but I don't care. We're running the show. If we want to make it an hour and 20, I'm sorry if it's Fuck too it. long. I don't know. Like, yeah. I like listening to long podcasts. So I can't really say when I, when I think back to the beginning of my health journey, I feel like I was like blacked out 
in the beginning until <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even joking. That's like, really funny, but like, I get that. It was very super ego driven. And I talk about that, that kind of like spiritual development and it was so ego driven and it was all, you know, I did horrible things to my body to try to make myself look good. I took this stuff that basically made my hands shake, this fat burner, and my hands would shake and I'd be nauseous all day just because I wanted a six pack for spring break. And my fitness journey started very caveman, bro. And I feel like, honestly, and I say this as a self-proclaimed bro, but it's such a caveman mentality. It's a very ego. It's almost turned off. It's not, you're not thinking about those higher selves. You're very grounded and just, just poor, poor values. And something where things started to really click for me. There's a couple times where I have specific things where I tried a certain workout and I loved it so much that I implemented it. That would be like density training. Certain things in my diet that I really changed to click for me was doing uh, intermittent fasting. And then there was keto. And I think I like to try so many things because I'm almost searching for those groundbreaking, like change course kind of experiences. And I think I get a little lost in the weeds sometimes searching for stuff. And I have to remind myself like, Hey, you got a lot of stuff figured out. Like, you know how to be healthy. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to research for four hours tonight. Like, you know what to do. And so that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. So that is kind of a spiritual awakening. A skin I'm trying to shed is that I'm really trying to push it the last kind of push where I can kind of get away from that. I got to have huge biceps. I got to be this monster. I want to get bigger and I want to look good. And I'm trying to balance it in a way that isn't so attached to the lower self. And that's been the progression, I think, since I was about 25, 26. I did keto. And what keto allowed for me, not the fact that everybody's got to do keto, but what it allowed for me was to get off of Adderall. Mm. And that was like such a eye-opening experience because from 19 to 26, 27, I took Adderall almost every day. I mean, I was diagnosed ADD and I needed it for college and then eventually I needed it to party and stay awake and it kind of manifested itself. And I really felt like at points I was addicted to Adderall and really honing in my diet and understanding that Maybe I didn't have focus issues because my brain was messed up. I had focus issues because my nutrition was messed up. And even though I was eating in a way to gain muscle and to look good, I was eating a lot of processed foods, eating a lot of protein bars and protein shakes, and eating a lot of just low-grade meat and high carbs, rices, and pastas. And I was just constantly in this roller coaster. And doing keto allowed me to kind of slow down and take control of my brain a little bit through eating. And that kind of set me on a path to going a little bit deeper and finding, looking at health in a way to not only benefit me in my physical, but my mental. And now it's getting to the point where it's almost spiritual. Beautiful. I don't know. Uh, I feel like I just threw a lot. No, no, it was, it was awesome. I really liked that. I think Um, that's something that a lot of people can relate to, especially with the whole, you know, medication story, you know, 
I think, you know, while not, I don't believe that all medication is evil or anything like that. I do think that there's so many people out here that are on medication that don't want to be or feel like there's another way out and they just can't figure it out. And so hearing your story of, you know, you were able to uh, get off of this very addicting substance, while whether you were, you know, addicted to it psychologically or physio- physiologically or, you know, some somewhere on the spectrum. Oh, it was both. I had withdrawals. Yeah. I like yeah. stopped cold turkey and I was like shaky for like a week. Oh, yeah. That's tough. That's tough. And I mean, it, in, in a different respect, I've also kind of gone through a huge shift in my life with, you know, medication and I have only ever taken a birth control pill, but I recently quit that within like the last six months. And I didn't realize how much it was going to affect me getting off of it, but in like the best way possible. I thought that, you know, I I had been kind of feeling, you know, intuitively drawn to quit birth control for about a year. And that was kind of another layer that I was shedding too. You know, I had really developed a good sense of my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health. And I started letting go of some things that weren't serving me anymore, whether it was things in my diet or maybe even like relationships in my life that really weren't serving me anymore, whatever the case may be. And I got to a point where my body was really like, okay, yeah, like I don't really want to be on this synthetic exogenous hormone anymore. I've already been on this for seven years and I don't really feel like this is in my best interest and highest good. And that thought, that intuitive feeling, knowing state scared the shit out of my ego because I was like, I don't know how this is going to affect me. Am I going to turn into a bitch? Am I going to gain a lot of weight? Am I going to get my acne back? Am I going to get pregnant? Am I going to, you know, is is my entire life going to fall apart in front of me if I choose not to take this hormone that I've been taking since I was 17 years old? And then I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I really am ready to do this. I did some research on it. I figured out what supplements I needed to take prior to going off of it to kind of alleviate a lot of the, you know, withdrawal detoxification symptoms and things like that. And for anyone who is taking birth control, you do get really depleted as far as your vitamins, especially your B vitamins, which is why you might be, you know, excessively tired at all hours of the day because hello, that was me. Um, And I'm still repleting all of those B vitamins that I had lost over those seven years. Um, That aside, when when I decided that it was time for me to go off of it, it just kind of created this openness, this cascading effect of openness in all areas of my life. I feel so much more present with my body. I understand my own cycle now, which is something that I'd never experienced because pretty much at the point that I got on birth control, I hadn't really had a a regular period in the first place. So I didn't really understand my cycle before I went on it. And now I'm really starting to develop more of a relationship with my womb and my sensuality and just my physical emotional, spiritual body in general, I feel like I'm a lot more connected to my intuition and so many other things. I could, I could talk a whole episode about this, but basically it really just laid the foundation for me to step into this next chapter of my life. I had to let something go in order to let something else in. And around the same time that I quit birth control was (laughs) the same time that I quit medicine, funny enough. So 
Whether that was a, you know, a correlational, causational thing, I have no idea, but it was just kind of simultaneous. I think that shift was meant to happen for me all at once. And now I'm at a point where I feel really clean and connected. And I, I just, I'm, I'm really grateful and proud of myself for being where I'm at right now because it is kind of that habit of, okay, you do one thing and then it cascades into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So there is that progression of, okay, I do one thing and then there's something coming around the corner, but you got to recognize, you know, what, what has happened and what you have done and what you have accomplished and give yourself credit where credit is due so that when the next thing comes around the corner, you can be even more grateful for it rather than racing towards a non-existent finish line. I love that. And I, I you know, I think what you just ended with is kind of where we kind of started to go in this episode, a little bit of a tangent world we're living in t right now, but I, I loved it. I think we've had a lot of good conversation and, you know, it, it, you touched on some, some great things and really making those changes. And I, I feel like, you know, you're trying to connect things to chakras and stuff. And I think a lot of times pharmaceuticals keeps us away from being our higher, higher self. I know with me with Adderall for, you know, I talk about almost being blacked out. Well, that was kind of how I was. I was just so on a, I was on a, an amphetamine and I was amped up. It was like, I was that guy at the bar, like screaming out business ideas. <laughs> like, and, of course you were. And, I, in fitness, and I guess I'll just end with this, it's not going to happen overnight. And eventually something like what happened with you and birth control and what happened with me and Adderall, there's going to be something like that. There's something like that. It's not the same for everybody. If you might be able to relate to that, I mean, I know a lot of people that are addicted to Adderall that are still, they're in their thirties and they're still taking the same Adderall that they were when they were 14. And I think that's a problem. I think it's a, a, a big issue, but we could talk about pharmaceuticals forever. But there's <laughs> different aspects, whether it is like certain friends I've known where they've been depressed their whole life and they picked up running and then the running, like as they shedded weight, they shedded, it made this big change in their life and it opened it up to so many more things. And I think fitness and health in general can allow you to do that where your intention may have not been, I did keto to lose weight. I did keto to get shredded. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, my brain feels amazing. And I can think I almost felt clear, sober for like the first time in a very long time. And I think there's different avenues. There's, you know, if you start lifting weights and your posture gets better, all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm more confident in meetings. I didn't stutter when I was doing that presentation in front of the boards. It, it becomes... You, you, I think it's very natural to get into something and then it redirects you because it affects your whole life. And I think that's why we want people to be healthier. I think that's why we're doing this show is because we've had those points in our lives where our efforts at the time may not have been going down that certain path, but it's kind of brought us to our higher self and made us happier and healthier people. Absolutely. Well, that was beautiful. And I think that's a great place for us to to close Definitely. close the show so yeah. thank you Robbie for such a wonderful conversation I really enjoyed this thank you Cher all right so 
If you guys do want to connect with us, uh, please reach out to us on Instagram. Probably the best way to get in touch with us. We're at the BAM podcast. If you want to get in touch with Robbie, he's at Wellness Rob. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm at The Soul and Science. You can also send any questions you may have to our Gmail. That's balance.moderation at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, review this episode, share it with somebody that you love. I think that there's a lot of content at this episode that a lot of people can relate to and connect to. So if this reminds you of anybody, please send it to them as a, you know, message of love and of recognition. And hey, you know, you are really on this path and I'm really proud of you and I love you. So that's one of the, you know, best things for me when I get a, you know, hey, this reminded me of you text and, uh, you know, just fostering and furthering that connection to community which everybody needs now and forever so yeah the balance of moderation community big love big love is our motto all right this is sharon rob and we're peacing out love y'all hey everyone rob here really appreciate you listening to our episode just real quick This podcast is for information and inspiration purposes only. Any personal opinions or views do not replace medical advice. Balance and Moderation recommend all listeners embarking on their wellness journey to do so under appropriate supervision by a healthcare provider. Thanks.